this is self-made. This is my opportunity to speak to uh, the Rick Rosses, the DJ Khaled's, the Post Malone's, the, the Wiz Khalifa's, uh, people that I think are influential. They've done something, they've created something. But more importantly, uh, it's titled self-made because I don't care personally about the success side. Because on the outside, it, it looks like from my perspective, you've always been successful. But it's not that case. It's always harder than it is. So I ask everybody the same thing and I'll ask you, what does self-made mean to you? Mm. Not the question I thought you were going to start with, despite the whole series being called self-made. <laughs> um, I guess what I, what I think for my own personal self-made and like what Kid Super is to me, it was very much a dream world that I was drawing up that now I can physically walk into. And so for me, the self-made aspect is um, I just remember being 14, 15, dreaming of, you know, having an own space where I could do different things, where I could collaborate with different people, where I could meet the greatest minds of the world. And I think that's what this interview series for you is so special is because you get to talk to who inspires you. But for me, now I'm thinking like the whole thing, time we've been talking I was like well have you ever made a new category well have you ma ever made like a non-alcohol because in my mind I'm like oh I know him now I mean might leave this and pitch you you know a beverage idea but so where I think we have if I can be so bold to say we have something in common is when I listen to you when I read your interviews when I talk to you it's a for me it's about I just want to try all the ideas that I think could work right is that is it is it that way for you? It's that, and it's also with every little bit of success, more opportunity doors open. So, as I said, when I was eight in eighth grade, I won an entrepreneur competition, and it was my product was a beverage, and it was called Flow Two for You. And I had to present, and I had all, and I went above, like way above and beyond everyone else. And I remember thinking, like, I'll get to the point where I'm successful enough to launch my own company. It might be not be my own beverage company. It might not be the first thing or whatever, but, but I always wanted to do it. And now, as I become more and more successful and collaborate with different people, doors open up and, you know, we meet different people that are in the beverage industry. <coughs> I'm, here, I'm here for you. <laughs> but, yeah, for me, it was just like trying the things I always wanted to try and then weirdly figuring out that things are more possible than you think. You know, I always had this idea that it was possible, but it's very cool to get to the point where, you know, things are in doors. It's, I've made pitch decks for 10 years that are now getting accepted, I guess what I'm saying. Because you're successful. Because people are finally understanding. understanding. And I don't know if it's so much about the success, because obviously I don't think I'm that, that, that successful, but I think it's because of the work that I've done. You can res Once you look into the Kid Super world, you understand and respect all that's gotten me here, and I think that has inspired and opened up op possibilities. I'm older than you, but I wish I had your 14 and 15-year-old 
I know what I want, I know what I want to do, and I can go do it. Where does that come from? I was always different. Not like different, different, but I was always like standout type of person. I also was very competitive. I always had to be, or tried to be the best. And like, I was always a straight A student, but I was also very good in soccer. I was always doing this. And I kind of wanted something that, what I love about Kid Super is it's a brand that really channeled that energy, that 14-year-old energy where I was like, I can do this, like mm. this is what I'm going. And the fact that I was able to brand that is so good because not only does it inspire me on a daily where I remember, I mean, this is a stupid story, but I did a ski goggle collab with ASAP Ty Y and he uses ski goggles to when he's on ATVs and it wasn't snowing. And I was like, damn, I, the whole thing I wanted to do was snow thing, but I had a staircase. And so I was like, maybe I just ski down the staircase. Mm. And I remember being on the top of the staircase and looking down and being like, this is the dumbest idea <laughs> ever, right? I really don't have to do this. And I was like, but am I gonna chicken out, right? Like there's a camera, there's everything. I was like, I called the brand Kid Super. I gotta be this superhero, like fuck it. And I skied down the stairs. Ended up really hurting myself, but the idea of like that taking that leap and going down the unknown and channeling that as a brand is what's really exciting for me and inspiring and kind of allows me to do anything. So I, I had tons of ideas, tons. And my problem was I never picked one. Right. Because I have too many ideas. It wasn't until I picked one. Right. Is, is fashion picking one? Yes. Fashion, for me, was... What was what's so great about fashion, and obviously you can call it like you know stupid and luxury like frivolous, right? But it's a connector, it, and it's the easiest connector, right? What's one thing all people are you're wearing something, right? It's not like we're meeting each other naked. So it was always for me the a, such a good icebreaker and such a good catalyst for other things. You're if I walk past you on the street and you're wearing that jacket, I'm coming up to you and being like, hey, I made that, what's your name, let's talk. And it was always, and so for me, even being 14, 15, I was meeting new kids in my high school because they were like, hey, what t-shirt, I wanna wear that t-shirt. And so fashion uh, was picking something and was also always a great icebreaker. What is it about 1415 that is the inspiration? Meaning, I'm, I get the feeling you think back to that kid. I mean, so everyone always thinks like, I remember I, taught, I was doing a Vogue interview and they, the guy clearly knew nothing about Kid Super. And it was one of my first times getting written up by Vogue and someone pro like had been like, you have to interview or review this show. And I remember him saying like, this childlike thing you have going can't last too long, mm. right? Like this act, childlike act won't, like, you know, you do have suffer from, you know, non, not everything's glitz and glitz, or childish. And I was like, this isn't an act. Mm. Like there's nothing about this that isn't so authentically me. I am like constantly happy, constantly giggling, constantly trying ridiculous things. Like I don't have any of those, like, like there's not a dark side that I'm hiding. You know, this isn't to be a jolly guy just to sell things. So I remember saying, hearing that guy and being like, wow, you don't understand this You don't brand. get it. You don't get it at all. And 
I'm going to prove you wrong. And then the next year I win the LVMH prize. It's like, go, go fuck, fuck you. yourself. Yeah. I don't like the idea that people think it's like an act, right? Sure. For me, it's just harnessing the, what I think are the great things about humanity, right? Where does that come from? I had moved a shit ton. Like before I was 12, I moved 10 times. And I'm not talking about like moving. I moved social classes. I moved, I went from New York, Chicago, New York, Mexico, Beloit, Wisconsin, New York. I moved cultures, I moved like political, like everything was changing, right? And so I got this blend really early that I'd seen so many things, right? Met so many different types of people. So I was so sure of myself and so sure of the person that I wanted to be that I feel like I was, yeah, I had a clear vision very young of like who I was and what I wanted to do and be. Do your parents have an effect on you? My parents are amazing. My mom and my mom's a, from Spain. My dad's from Ireland. They both came to New York, met each other in a crazy romantic thing, met each other three months later, got married, then for a year backpacked through South America, and then were street vendors selling goods that they had bought in Panama, and then they'd come to New York and sell them on the street, and they were selling like hats and leather goods. And so, they were always hustlers. Were they? Were you around then? Yeah, I was like one, okay. two, um, and then we started moving. Um, but my my mom's like an artist type, um, and my dad is a crazy man. So they were always like my dad. But hold on, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Let me just make sure. It you just described you in essence. Right. Do you see that? I am like the perfect blend of them. And what I love is like, they definitely left where they were from for opportunity, right? And, try, and being their true self. My dad comes from like a really small town in Ireland with like very religious Catholic parents that really pressured him into being like a very straight A student, which he always was, but he's a crazy dude. So then he left to New York and was like, oh. and then my mom was from Spain and during the like 70s era, and she was like in this whole like druggy scene in Spain and she left there to like try to make something of herself. So they had this like, I would say people always are, ask me, was New York important to starting Kid Super? And what I think about New York is there's an amazing energy here to make it, right? Everyone moves here to make it. You don't move here to like settle down and, and start a family. You move here to make your dreams come true. And so that I always wanted to capture that essence. And I think my parents had that by the spades. You know? Are they proud of you? Yeah, they're, they don't- Were really... they ever, were they ever, sorry, I should take it back. Uh, when you said this is what I want to do, what was their reaction? The thing is, and people ask me this often, I was doing it at a 14 mm. while getting straight A's. Mm. So they were like... How can I get mad? They were like, that was the thing, I never had, the, <clears throat> I never gave them the opportunity to be mad at me. Mm. It was like, okay, I got a math degree from NYU. It's like that, and that was my, like, my dad's parents are super, uh, they're like, they're both teachers. So, um... Like every time I go there, my grandmother's like, so when are you going to use your math degree? Um, but I got the degree. I was so people often ask, like, would your parents, were they supportive? Uh, of course. 
but I didn't give them space to not be supportive. Uh, when they were walking the runway in Paris, yeah. so, your, your perspective of that, their perspective of that. So I'm doing Paris Fashion Week for the first time, right? And this is, I, like, I always like to bring this up, but to get accepted to the official Paris Fashion Week calendar, what you have to do is you throw a Paris, or you throw a fashion show at the same time in the same place. And I, fashion has this incredible like aura of exclusivity, right? But that concept is really open. There's not many, it's not like you can sh show up to the Super Bowl and start throwing a football next to, you know, the coach yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to try out. out. Yeah. And that is kind of what you can do in Paris. So I love that idea of like, if I do this big enough, they have, or well enough, they have to respect it and they have to come see it. So uh, I do my first Paris Fashion Week show, which but I think people take for granted as like, Oh, Colin's just gonna, like, as if it was, it was such a crazy undertaking. I spent every last dollar that I had that I couldn't Uber myself home when I landed in New York. My friends had to Uber me. Um, and it was such a shot in the dark. I came from the streetwear world. No one was asking me to do Paris Fashion Week, right? It wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. Um, and I wanted to do it because I think I wanted to always expand on the ceiling that people put me on. And for me, making it into the fashion, fashion world was now I would be allowed to make gowns, I'd be allowed to do this. Did, be... did, did you think at that time you said, I'm all in, I'm spending everything, what the repercussions are if it doesn't work? This is my thing, I remember vividly because, so the venue that I did for that fashion show um, was a circus in Paris that's quite well known. Um, Cirque de Hiver, but I wanted it to look like a bullfighting ring. And my mom's from Spain, so I was like, we'll do all this bullfighting thing and it'll be a cool, they'll walk in circles rather than straight lines, you know, like most catwalks. That ended up being the whole theme for the thing and it, it ended up really working well. But the, I remember talking to the space, the venue, and it was, I, in my mind, I wanted to spend 5K on the venue. That venue was 30K, wouldn't budge. And they're like, we're a historic thing. Like during the Holocaust, they like hid sure. people. It was like an amazing uh, space. And I remember sitting there, I was like, am I gonna spend 5K and do it half-assed? Or am I gonna spend all my money and try to sh shoot for the moon? And that's where the kid super spirit comes in. It's like those decisions, like is it financially reasonable to blow all my money? No. But am I trying to make the best shit possible? And do I believe in myself enough that I'll make it tenfold? Yes. So I, I went for it. And so that was the idea. What does Kid Super mean? Yeah, it's like that childlike, I, I mean, I remember writing like the manifesto, but it was the childlike sense of wonder that when you're five years old, you put a, a towel around your neck and you think you can fly. And so keep that idea and that mentality. Um, do you get depressed? I, I, it's funny if you ask all my friends, it's like, I don't even understand it. Where does that come? I want to, where does that come from? How do you get to that point? I don't know. I don't, I never had the other way around. I like, I mean, it's funny because a lot of mental health, like podcasts want to interview me and stuff. And I'm always like, guys, like I'm really not the person you want to interview because I haven't been through the other I side. I haven't been through the other yeah. side and it's gonna sound like I'm, I don't care. 
or like I'm uh, so what, unempathetic. So, so f- fine. What <laughs> what what has sucked? What sucked? Ah man, it's like I always talked. I always talked to Russ. So like there was a poem. Me and Russ were spending every second of our lives together, and he was living at the store, and it was probably like six month period. And this was a time. See, like Russ was really focused on goals, right? Because with music, it's very much like you need to make it right now, whatever. Fashion, like you could, I mean, whatever. There's not as much of a time constraint. Not that there is in music, but you know, there is pressure. And he was living in my basement, and so he felt some kind of way. And I remember we'd always, he was always super focused on like this, what I'm going to be. And for me, I was more focused in like what I'm making. Mm. And... Is it a better thing for success? Maybe being what Russ was, was was like very focused on the big picture. Not that Russ isn't focused on the song and everything, but he always had this like, I'm gonna be great mm. personality. Not that I don't have it, but I'm not as like vocal, I guess. But for me, it was always like, I really enjoy the like day-to-day projects. And so I wasn't, and like the success comes when the projects are good. I mean, everyone always says I should be bigger, I should be more successful than I am, I should be more well-known, the, pro- the things that I'm making are too incredible for the small fan base. But that to me is like, I mean, that's probably the most where it's like, damn, I should be bigger, but... So you, you mentioned earlier that... I love the, the little, the, yeah. But you mentioned earlier the, the ideas you put down on paper right. back when, and now they're taking it seriously. Yeah. Were you pissed when they didn't, when, when you pitched those? I was more like, you'll understand. You don't get it yet. Yeah, I was like, and I'm, I'm like rational to the point where it's like, okay, I have 3,000 Instagram followers. You don't want to give me 100K. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a point when you will give me the 100K. I wasn't so, yeah, I wasn't, uh, yeah, I'm a rational person and I'm a hustler. And so combining those two, it's like hard to get. So upset. I interviewed, so the hustler aspect, I interviewed Nipsey. Right. And Nipsey said he just, all he knew was I got to pop my trunk. Meaning, and I, what does that mean? It means just go to the fucking corner, right. pop your trunk and sell your goods. To me, it seems like that's what you saw your parents do. I got to be willing to fucking do anything and everything to get it done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know many people who work harder than me. And even when we do like, so we do these big fashion show projects and we always shoot these videos. And I've worked with like the same uh, DP and the same producer. And they literally would be like, okay, it's Kid Super Hours. Like no one's getting paid by the hour, they're Mm. getting paid by the project because you're gonna go over 10 hours over. But the ending goal is gonna be so good that everyone's down. And that's how I wanna work with people anyways. It's like. It's, it's funny because like on those movie sets that we just did, right, like the grip, right, that's a job, right? He doesn't care what the project is. Mm. He's, the, he's just like there holding the lights or whatever. But for my projects, I want the guy to be like, this is the most exciting yeah. project of yeah. my life. Like I'm willing to go the 10 extra hours. And that was like we did one uh, scene or one video where everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Our talent fainted, so our hospital, like the doctor had to come, like which is f- fucking crazy. The car that was like the main car that we had wouldn't start, so we had to drive to the car. And I remember with everyone, we were like, okay, we're about to go like 
15 hours over. Like we had a 19 hour day, right? And we were on hour 11, right, or 12. And I remember getting everyone, and I don't know everyone on set, like a friend. And I'm like, guys, are we doing this? And everyone put their hand in. And it was like, yes, like this is the fucking energy I want, right? I'm glad you're just as passionate about me. I'll stay 40 hours up, but getting people excited, I think has always been my superpower. Do you need to see them excited? Do you need to feel that? I don't, I just, I don't need, I I would be heartbroken, not heartbroken, I would have been like, fuck you, I'm never talking to you again. Even though it's like super normal for them to be like, dude, I work 12 hours. I have a work tomorrow. For me, that's like unacceptable. So my, <laughs> my, my I'm f- like, dude, I gave my whole life for this. You're all in. You're all <laughs> yeah. in. Um, my favorite movie in the whole world is uh, Willy Wonka. Okay. It's my favorite movie. My favorite movie. To me, you're, you are Gene Wilder. You're that character. I got you're, so mad when Timothy Chalamet got the role yeah. of the new Willy Wonka because it should have been me. It should have been. I'm so upset. But do, do you, do, does, that, does that movie, does that feeling resonate? I mean, I get called it all the time because not only am I living in a Willy Wonka world, I also kind of look like Gene Wilder. You do. <laughs> you do. Um, so, yeah, no, I get it often. Um, I do love the whole concept. I mean, we literally, so the studio that I built in the basement that Russ lived out of, that went platinum because of Russ and many other artists lived out of or worked out of, has an M&M machine, right? That you slide open. Mm. And this is a huge, if you watch my most recent fashion show, it's all about stealing that. And that was like a really big moment Mm. in my life. But it was literally like walking into the chocolate Mm. factory. Like it's a chocolate M&M machine. So yeah, the Willy Wonka's definitely uh, a spirit that we like and I always think like why would you live life any other way that's my main thing like all my friends and I mean like I'm getting to the age now where my friends are like settling down or like you know maybe getting engaged or whatever and they're like their lives are thinking like oh I'll go move to like not New York City you know and I'm like how the fuck is that fun Mm. and like I mean it's actually hilarious that I'm bringing it up at this interview because I'm always roasting my friends. I'm like, I hate your girlfriend. Mm. Or like, why are you (laughs) moving away from like, what, you don't want to live 10 of us in a building? They're like, dude, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And I'm like, you don't why? get it. Yeah, you don't get it. Like, like, what's more fun than this? Like, I understand having a girlfriend and that's a great time, but like, come on, I met your girlfriend. She is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> do you think to yourself, like I, I do, because I'm the, I think I mess up as the underdog, that I have to, I can't compete with these big giant companies. I can't compete with how they do, what they do, where they do it. And my first six, seven years was horrifying because I try to copy them. Not copy them, but follow that, that audio, that right. playbook. It wasn't until I stopped and I'm like, I can't do it. I just gotta be me. And me is, I gotta be a little bit different. I gotta, that me is different. Right. Do you think that way in every design and everything you do? So that's a great, uh, I love that for many reasons. One, because you see yourself as this underdog, but from the outside looking in, I've had Bel Air. Mm. Did I think it was some guy? No, I thought it was like a legitimately 200 year old family that's like in France that lives in chateaus. So I, I love the like, and I think that's similar with Kid Super. It's like, 
even when we were talking about this, is like people think 2,500 people work for Kid Super. But it's never the case, obviously. But the underdog aspect I love and cherish because it allows like it allows you to make this blue drink. Correct. Right? It Correct. allows you to me to do and blend the rules. I always want to keep that underdog mentality and energy. And even like when I'm collaborating with brands, right? I had Nike, Adidas, Puma, right? And I was talking to all of them. Uh, Adidas, Nike uh, gave me like the worst offer any ever, right? And Puma gave me this great offer. And I wasn't second guessing about going to Nike or blah, blah, blah. but obviously like every kid, I'm a huge Ronaldinho fan. Sure. Ronaldinho was the face of Nike. I was like, man, I can't wait to be Nike and then I'm gonna do something sure. with Ronaldinho. But I also was like, wait, I'm kind of the underdog, right? Yeah. I should work with the underdog Correct. brand. And like, not that Puma's this like underdog, Correct. but in the grand scheme of those top three, it's a little bit of the underdog. And since they're a little bit, they know they're a little bit of the underdog, they allowed me to go crazy, Correct. right? I got 10 shoes out of them, completely original silhouettes. Like you can't even touch Nike. It would take four years and they only do it with like, you know, I mean, there hasn't been an original silhouette from Nike in a collab like almost ever. Fear of God was like the only one that got it. And guess where he is at now? Adidas. So um, when you have the underdog spirit and working with other underdogs, you get to experiment. You and, feel it. And you can you feel it. do cool things. D does it... Like blue champagne. Exactly. <laughs> cheers, 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 cheers. I still can't believe there's blue champagne. I feel like I'm drinking Gatorade. <laughs> you could drink as much as you want. <laughs> Today... Because you are successful, when people say no, do they say no today? They definitely allow me to do way more. Also, like young brands have the most power they've ever had ever, right? Because we have our own social media, because also not supporting young brands is such like a taboo thing. But I just got a cease and desist. What's the cease and desist? C cease and desist. I don't think it's cease and desist because no, then it's, uh, no. that wouldn't work. It's a letter from Clark's because I used uh, Wallaby name, which I just thought was moccasin. I didn't realize they owned Wallaby. Anyways, them like all they said was take down that name, which doesn't. And I, I was like, I just responded, let's collab, right? But <laughs> what was the response to that? Well, it was like a official letter they yeah, mailed yeah. to me, so I just put it on Instagram and was I like, want to use that line. I was I like, that line. let's just collab. But um, it's funny that nowadays, like, that's what it is. Like, their best interest is supporting me. But, but that's what I think is wild is what they should have done yeah. is let's do something. But they will. They're going to collab. Do you feel that? Like, they have to. No, no, but <laughs> why do you, you say that from a... Is that your mentality from a business perspective? It's not like a mentality thing where, cause I, I don't love that. And it's funny cause like the manifesting thing, um, because I know it's big in many entrepreneurial people where they like write down their goals mm -hmm. and then like fold it up and then they read it up 10 years later and they're like, I always do. I think a little bit of that, like, yes, writing down your goals is important because you're planning, right? But 
sometimes I think it affects people. If it doesn't work out, I think that leads to like, you know, mental health issues and depression because you were like, I but didn't I get was there. manifesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you said, and I'm, I'm going to throw it back yeah. at you. I read in an interview or somewhere that I have a bunch of goals that I want to accomplish. Always writing down goals. So what are the goals? I mean, like, I have, I'm a big to-do list writer. And I write, like, some, I mean, it's just memory, but also just, like, writing. And it'll be literally, like, take out the trash. And then the next line will be, like, make kids super the next Red Bull. Mm. And, like, those will be, like, my today lists. And so one's so big, and one would be just, like, hilariously small. But for me, the goals is, like, I mean, my active goals now are I really am working on this kid super television series. Um, I'm trying to get this building fully functioning up and running with the recording studios, the screen printing, the cafe, the uh, storefront, the gallery, the podcast area, the photo shoot. Make this like a real community center. And then, and the soccer field. And if I can perfect this, then I can grow it. Okay, let's open one in Atlanta with mm. you. Let's open one in Japan. Let's open one, blah, blah, blah. And that those are like the the goal plan now but with all of those little goals once one becomes completed so many other doors open and then your goals expand and your goals did you learn that yeah i mean you know what i mean like yeah i guess i was again back to like being logical i was like you know there's steps to to get there yeah and what are those I like if you asked me at 15 was I gonna be a fashion designer I would have definitely said no if you asked me Colin will you have a TV show at 26 I would have been like yes Mm. right so those you know what I'm saying it was like I always thought I was gonna do these different things I just didn't know what was gonna brand it or what was gonna get I always wanted to be like a creative mind that could apply their vision towards different things. So you said, and again, I'm gonna use your words, you said somewhere, it's not about the money. Right. What does that mean? I mean, it's so little about the money. I always think about this, like I know people, kids, like right, who are billionaires, right? What do they wanna do? Hang out with me. Yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Or like come live here. So like, why, what's the point of getting a billion dollars? Also like, what I was saying it's is so true. What I was saying is, I grew up going through def- different classes, right? You know, like growing up, it was poor. Then I moved to Mexico, where I was wealthy. Then I moved back to uh, Wisconsin, where I was like real middle class America. Then I moved to New York, went to a pu- public high school where everyone was an immigrant. Then I went to NYU, everyone's rich. So I got to experience like all these different classes, and it's like, yes, like. A certain amount of money is obviously helps and beneficial, but this goal of being really, 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 really wealthy was never. So what's, what, what's, what's happiness? What's like, what's, what gets you? But my thing is like, it would, I love the ability to like, if I could go on my phone and call people that I'm inspired by, work with people that I'm inspired by, collaborate. Like I always say the best thing about Kid Super was introducing myself to new people Mm -hmm. and getting, and that catalyst of like icebreaker and like now we have a relationship. And so like 
when I'm in Chicago, it's probably gonna, if I wanna come to your house, it's probably gonna be a pretty cool house, you know? Uh, you have to play with my six kids. Right, the six kids is crazy, cause I keep, I just said my, you you chose the yeah, right. the Chicago. No, no, no. The difference is I want all six kids to live in here with me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy that you have six kids. You have eight kids. No, six. Six. Okay, okay. Six. But, but. Uh, Let's dive into that. No, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Dua Lipa. Yes. Does that mean anything to you? So as far, I was just at like uh, a fashion school and they asked the same thing because everyone. I like 20 years ago, if you get the biggest pop star on wearing your clothes, you're almost an overnight success. If it gets picked out by all the blogs and blah, 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 blah. Now, it doesn't change your brand life. It's cool for your existing fan base and some Dua Lipa fans that are such fans that they go and look and research, but that's very few and far between. So for me, it's like, People that already know about Kid Super are like, oh wow, that's cool, Dua Lipa's wearing it. Column's getting more successful. But does it overnight change your life? No. For me, it's cool, because now next time I can, like Dua Lipa's in town, I might get like, you know, some better tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I, I, there's nothing for me that feels bad. I was in a grocery store in Chicago at like 11 o'clock at night looking for sardines for my mom. Okay. My, my 92 year old mother. Love sardines. Looking for sardines. And I'm wearing a mask that says bamboo. Okay. And a woman in her 60s comes over and she sees my mask and she's like, oh my God, you love bamboo? I love bamboo. And it just made me feel so good. Right. It just made me feel just like, oh my God, this is amazing. What makes you feel like this is just awesome? I mean, those moments are definitely cool where uh, you see someone wearing it and they don't know who I am. Um, but... Yeah, those moments are great, but for me, the real moments that are, are awesome is like, the clothes have funded this, mm. and now this is gonna become like a Willy Wonka factory, and the clothes funded a studio that Russ came out of, mm. and, the, and like those moments are really special for me, more so than like, like a fan coming up and be like, I love Kid Super, like that's cool, but like, it gets you to this a, is fucking awesome. Correct. Um, this space, like, am I, I'm literally like, I remember, I'm like designing this with my best friend from 14 years old. That's a, now an architect, right? And we're like sitting there being like, you want a cafe? <laughs> it's like, dude, we should put a cafe in here. And it's like, yep, it's yep, like, yep. We probably need like a recording studio. It's like, should we do? And then we're designing the recording studios. It's like, oh man, it's like, and then I'm like, I'm playing Sims. Not yeah. that I ever played video games, but like we're playing Correct. Sims where, and and then I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, if we put this photo studio, like we should call Canon. They should pay for this whole thing. And like, that is also- When where, did you realize that was an option? I didn't, not early on, but when it started, it was, so this is actually a pretty funny uh, story, but one of the first things like that Kid Super did with a brand, I had brought into a like creative agency to one of my friends was interning there, Doug, and they brought me in to tell them who's cool in New York City. And I was whatever, like 19 at the time, and I knew what was cool, whatever. And so they're like pulling up a Tumblr and they have like 
Ian Connor and yeah. all these people and they're like, is he cool? Is he not cool? Should we have him model? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's cool. It doesn't do anything. He's cool, blah, 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 whatever. And they're like, you're pretty cool. And I was like, I've been saying that. Like, <laughs> I was like, why am I not on this fucking Tumblr list? They're like, well, you don't have any followers, whatever. They end up liking me enough. They're like, we want you for the campaign. And I walk in to like, they're like, come on Friday or whatever. And they're doing a photo shoot and Flatbush Zombies are there. And I like slightly knew them, but was like a giant fan. And they go to me and they're like, call them like it's $5,000. And I'm like, I am not paying $5,000 to be a part of this. This is so, I don't have that. And they're like, we're giving you $5,000 for these photos. And I'm like, Oh. You're giving me 5k <laughs> and I remember being like like literally the pictures of me and I'm, I'm like smiling from ear to ear They're like could you do serious face? I'm like dude, you're giving me 5k for this and I remember I took that 5k and I built the recording studio in the basement And so that was the first time like a brand had sponsored I can, you, I can leverage what I'm doing for further things and and then the recording studio ended up being this whole cultural movement and ended up to you know Russ's success and other people's success and so that was like my brand partnerships have been investments without having to deal with the negatives of investments. What is what have you learned from Russ? What I love about I mean I've never seen anyone work like 9 to 5 on music on like your hobby. He wasn't working 9 to 5, he was more working 5 to 9 mm. because he woke up so late. Um, but I, I also, it was cool to see, he would be like, it'd be like four in the morning five, or 5 PM and he'd be asleep. Right. Mm. And I'd be like, dude, like this is ridiculous. Mm. And he's like, what do you mean? I need my rest because I need to wake up and make music. And he was like, last night I was really productive and I stayed up till 7 AM. And like, and I, I remember being like, yeah, but like it's five, mm. like I understand one, two, mm. whatever. And so he really took himself as like a professional athlete where he was like, I work, I now I rest, yep. and now I work again and I rest. So like those were cool. And um, I remember one time he was, it was the SoundCloud era and mm. he was dropping a song a week and we were kind of like, we were there when he did that. We were, we didn't inspire it, but Basically, when he, we first met him, he had a SoundCloud that just had like 10 albums and like all, and we were like, dude, what the fuck is going on in your sound? Like, it's so hard for a new fan to come into this because there's so much music and there's no plays. And he was like, whatever, he always tells his story, but like he was looking at his albums that he dropped and the first song would always have more plays than the last one. And he was like, my first song is not my best song, my eighth one is. Okay, let me just drop singles. And that was his concept. But I remember one time he was looking at the analytics in SoundCloud mm. and he weirdly was get he got like 20,000 views and that was like his big, like, oh my, 20,000 plays. And like 50% of them was coming from Saudi Arabia. Yep, yep. And he was like, what the fuck, Saudi Arabia? And he went downstairs and he made this song and I go down there and I'm like, what? He's like, dude, I got a song. And it goes, she be looking like she's straight from Saudi, <laughs> probably because she's straight from Saudi. Mm. Those were, that was the hook. And I remember being like, this is the dumbest hook of all time. He's like, watch, dude. He's like, we're gonna be huge in Saudi Arabia. Drops it, the prince of Saudi Arabia is mm. like, this is my anthem, the da da da. And so him being like hyper aware, but also like 
willing to like drop, willing to experiment. But but, but I interviewed Russ. Yeah. I learned, but to me, I always learned something, and he taught me the idea that Jesus follow your fans. Yeah, he definitely did that. Know where they are and, the and build thing, off them. The best thing about that is everyone thought he was Saudi Arabian. Correct. And the comments would be like, he's from Saudi, he's from Saudi. And people would uh, comment like, no, he's Italian. Yeah. And he'd delete it. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to say Correct. I'm Saudi Arabian, but I'm going to ride this train as long as I can to like, I'm never going to say it, but I'm not going to say I'm not. What, what, what do you think he would say that you, that he's learned from you? He definitely, um, think the one thing he respects about me, the, like re- a ton is like my taste level. He's like always sending me things to taste and, it, and I have a really big, uh, high tasting. He's always been telling me like, he's like wants me to focus as I was saying, he was yeah. like, dude, just focus, focus. on it. Cause focus. I'd always be doing random stuff. And the mutual respect we have for each other is so strong. And like, I always, another thing is like living with someone, you really get to know. I mean, we were literally like same bathroom, same meals, same da da da. So, um, and it's really cool to. I I mean, my mom moved to the to New York in the '70s, and she'd always talk about like, well, they'd go to parties and like Basquiat, Warhol, and she was like in an acting thing with like William Defoe and Steve Buscemi, and I'm like, what? Yeah, that yeah, must yeah. have been so crazy. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, but like, they're normal people. And like, like she'd be like, like Julian Schnabel. I'm like, they're not even great. Like, I don't even like them. And I'm like, what? In my mind, these are like superheroes, right? And I always remember, I was like, I want that to be my New York. Like, how do I get that? Yeah. And that was a huge influence and inspiration to building the store. I was like, I'm going to create it myself. And now it's kind of crazy where it's like, Russ is a superhero sure. to people. And we've had Joey Badass and Dominic Fike and Lolo Zuai and all these people live and work out of the building. And now we have our own little creative era, which I love. It is. um, That's why I think it's so important to create these spaces. Correct. Because I was like, I want these people to come. And it's one thing to meet you one time, but it's another thing to like really work together and be in each other's environment. Don't you think those people are younger though? In the yeah. sense of, it's like, it's, it's motivating the next people. Yeah. Get them excited. Well, that's the thing. I was, you know, 20 to 27, 27 was my era of like really having that other space. And it was beautiful. And now I'm getting older, right? And so like in 10 years, I don't know if I can be like grinding it out with another 20 year sure. old, as you obviously know yourself as well. Hey, not at all. No, but I'm saying <laughs> you live in Chicago. Correct, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm trying to make it last as long as possible. What do you Or wa- do bigger things or create wh- younger kid supers. What are you more excited about? The shit that doesn't exist yet or the stuff that you have out right now? Doesn't exist. Does that motivate you for tomorrow? For sure. Mm. And what motivates me tomorrow is like, every time I open a little door, another door opens. And I'm like, wow, there's a path here. Who, 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 who else out there motivates you? What brands, what people, what artists? Mm, fuck, I'm really bad at this because I have like a horrible, like, not memory, but just like, um, 
Or what motivates you? Saying the potential of stuff. Mm. What motivates, like, I'll see something that I really like. I don't know if it's like a specific person, but I'll see, you know, even on fashion stuff, like a cool campaign or a, 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 a video or like, I remember one, uh, I saw like this Kickstarter of this woman in Africa who made a soccer ball that uh, during the day you'd play with, but the kinetic energy created a battery and you could plug your phone in. Mm. And like that little clip has inspired, I'm in like, Trying that to inspires get in, you. I've been trying I to get, get in it. contact with that woman forever. Yep. And supposedly now she's like the head of like some big thing. So that, that it must have financially not worked, but it will. But I was always like, man, that's, that's a product something. that that's I something want. I want to see. But like talk about that couldn't be more left field than, but that, that sticks. Is, that works for you. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you think of my style? This style, what I'm wearing. Oh, but okay, let's be honest. It's not that out of your ordinary style. You are already like a Willy Wonka character yourself. But it feels good. I mean, you look great. Really? Could I, I be a model for you? Could I be walking in Paris? Well, honest, I mean, one, we can make that happen like overnight. <laughs> let's own this. <laughs> own this moment. It's funny because oh. I always forget that like, it is pretty crazy to walk a Paris fashion show and be on the cover of Vogue. And now, like, I have that power to give to anyone. And I'm like, you want it? You can have, like, so listen. Who is, so my question then is, who is your model? Like, what's your model? So what's your I, I, So it's funny. I just, this is actually a hilarious thing, but some big article just came out about kids, the use of plus-size male models in fashion. And I had used, in my last show, a bunch of, fat guys right and they were like you're so progressive like oh it's so amazing like that you're uh, uh, um, using plus size model like fighting for the like body positivity and I responded I was like look there was no body positivity vision for me I use models that I want to talk to I use people that I want to meet yeah some of them are skinny some of them are fat that's it and so like my thing is like I only want to use the models is like how you use this self-made yeah. thing to introduce yourself to new people and build relationships, that's how I use models. And so whatever I can do to uh, meet uh, a cool person and if they want to model. So like, I told amazing. Kojo on my team when, when he sent it, I said, Kojo, I, sent, I hit him a note back because he shared with me you. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I want to be his muse. Can you please hit him up and see if I can be his muse? I want to be... I want to be that. We should 100% get you in one of these next Paris fashion shows. So, also, you have cool style. So, I'm curious, this doesn't have to be in here, but I want to ask. <laughs> when you bring up streetwear like Supreme, yeah. to me, and I get the collabs, right. but you're not Supreme. Like, that's, that's the, 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 the logo and that's the brand. Well, do you, do you like, I can't imagine you, like, that's your space. I think, like, for music, right? You have to kind of respect the music that came to where, where you are sure. now. And mm. Supreme is that for got me, it. right? Got it, got it. They're the godfather. Also, lasting for 30 years in cool world is really difficult. I mean, think about it with musicians. It's like there's yep. very few yep. musicians yep. who have had 30 yep. years of cool. 
Um, so Supreme has had 30 years of cool, and I think like this year has their most struggling and cool because they got so so big, mm -hmm. and then it was public that they got bought out, so they're no longer you know. And the whole thing with streetwear is being this like underdog, uh, counter corporate world. So then you sell to a huge corporation, it's like uh, you're losing your uh, sauce. But for me, it was like. I, I love and respect Supreme and I mean like making they come out with like so much collections mm. like they do like fall summer spring blah 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 blah. that's really not easy and they're always have their finger on the pulse I'll always be like damn how did they do know that? to drop the fucking sh jacket this jacket right now because you know everyone's making a year in advance so they're a year ahead of what we think is cool everyone is or two years whatever so on that note, I always love and respect it Supreme. For me, though, it's like, it's a different spirit, but it's good. They're their way, I'm my way, and that's why we can both coexist. So here are a couple, I said to you when we first met that I think we have, even though I'm old, I, we have a lot in common. Have, or, and I look. I was going to put my hair up, and then I saw yours. Oh, and I, was I like, just gave up. Hair down. So voice. I gave up. <laughs> but just a couple of small things so you know. One, I was kicked out of my dorm for starting a business. Let's go. Right? I went to NYU. No way! Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. go! Ready? Um, I have so many stories I could tell you about just your, your, your cutting, putting on the construction right. gear and cutting down. I have so many stories I could tell you about me doing the same exact things, trying to be bigger, right. if that makes sense. And on top of it, the last one you're going to love. I own Charlie Bucket's golden ticket. Okay. From Willy Wonka. Like the actual? Uh, the actual golden ticket. How much did that cost? I bought it at auction a bunch of years ago because I love that fucking movie and it gives me such inspiration. That is amazing. How much does that cost? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but it's the, I think we're on the 50, 51 year anniversary. I think 71 or 72 was the 50 years. You have the original? The ori it's Charlie Bucket's. I bought it from the director's family of the movie, their daughter, their kids. But my point is, is, is it's, you're an inspiration to me. And I love doing these interviews because as I told you earlier, I need, I love the motivation that people give me. Right. And what's unlike you versus everybody else um, is you're like that movie where he took the pill and he's got all this energy, I forgot the name of it. Uh, with Bradley Cooper. Limitless. Yeah, limitless. <laughs> but you, you, when I look at videos of you when you're 14 and 15 and 16, it's the same fucking person. Right. So that energy, that, that, that feeling, God, it's, it's just inspired. I get it. And, and I, uh, people are always like, I, I'm like, how could I not be more energetic than the 14? Like, I got more ideas and potential now. Like, now I can't call. Like, when I was 14, I couldn't call anyone to get anything to happen. Now I can get you many can. things. So it's even more exciting. Like, like, after this, at 5 p.m., I have a, a meeting with, like, a talent agency about the TV show. I was geeked. Like, I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, like, I'm really meet. Like, this person reps, like, Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Kravitz, like, Mike Myers. Um, and I'm like, we did it. Like we're Correct. getting to that. that feeling. And so I'm like, I'm more energized than I was when I was like. So if my bottles are trophies, pick yes. up the blue bottle and cheers me. Congratulations. Thank All you, All your man. success. Thank to you. To being self-made. And um, uh, 
I'll be pitching him some beverage ideas. I'll, I'll take all I can get. <laughs> Thank Cheers, you so much. Friend.